Shotgun. Marino throws deep downfield. It is caught by Fryer. Touchdown! Touchdown Dolphins! With in-depth analysis on the Miami Dolphins. Courageous call! That's on fourth and five! Live from the DolphinsTalk.com studios. In my opinion, the greatest fans in the NFL... Miami Dolphin fans. DolphinsTalk.com daily. All right, Miami! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. Hey, say, Miami? You're DolphinsTalk.com podcast. This is a post-game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Miami Dolphins uh, should have been the bye week. I wish it was a bye week because the way the offense played in the first half, it was it seemed like they should have been sitting at home. Uh, this is Tom Ernesty. I'm your host this evening. I have Mike on the other line who does our DolphinsTalk.com daily. Mike, uh, I'm sure you're ser- sharing the same sentiments I am right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a rough day. It's um, I... I thought after last week our season was over really officially. If there was even any doubt left at all, that was pretty much put to rest today as the final nail was put into the Miami Dolphins 2017 coffin. So, Yeah, it was um, it was dreadful to say the least. You know, it, the game didn't start that way. You know, the Buccaneers drove down the field. They stopped them, kicked a short field goal. Score was three to nothing. Uh, and the ensuing, uh, possession, um, did we punt? Uh, yeah, we probably punted. <laughs> no, I, uh, I think that was the drive where we got all the way down to the red zone after the long run by Williams. Williams, and yeah, Damien Williams. Th- then it was the Jay Cutler terrible pass over the middle that was, um, intercepted, I think. Oh God. So the, the, all right. So there's two straight, uh, a couple games here, two out of the last three weeks we get, Unbelievable play calling, um, driving down the field, no issues, uh, get into a third down situation, and Jay Cutler throws an errant pass into the end zone into uh, to Devontae Parker, who uh, was falling down, but at the same time, he was completely locked down on coverage, uh, which was a, a very errant throw. But, you know, the Dolphins uh, forced a punt uh, and – Drove right down the field on a beautiful drive, really focused with Jarvis Landry, uh, who capped off the drive with a two-yard touchdown. Uh, he was talking about his celebration for the uh, entire week here, and I had no idea what the heck he was doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weak. That was kind of weak. It, it was weak. I, I mean, if I can hear, get the semblance of what he was doing there, and maybe I'll pick up on it, but I had no idea what he was trying to do. Uh, but either way, you know, the two very good drives, other than the interception by Cutler, the Dolphins had 158 yards in the first quarter of off in offense. Uh, and once the second quarter started, the, the game completely crumbled. Um, w- Mike, you want to, you want to get into this Jay Cutler debacle? The Jay, yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of problems right now with this team. And but today, Jay Cutler was bad. He had three interceptions and one half of football. I know the last one's really not on him, as it was a perfect pass to Devontae Parker that went off his hands. And we're going to talk about Parker a little bit here later, so I'll save that for that. But um, just on Jay Cutler, the first interception, it was a really bad throw in the end zone. So he doesn't get a free pass. My gripe on that drive was Adam Gase 
as soon as we got into the red zone, it became, once again, predictable play calling. Let's run, run, then the whole world knows you got to pass on third down, and Jay Cutler, you know, it was just very predictable pass, bad pass, intercepted. So Jay Cutler, he doesn't get a pass for that um, pick, but it, I say that's a 50-50 split there with Gase because the play calling just got so vanilla as soon as we got close to the end zone. And I'm like, what are they doing on that? And then his um, second interception was just brutal where he threw across his body and he pretty much handed Tampa Bay a touchdown there. Um, Jay Cutler's bad. He was bad today. Um, Like I said, on the whole list of problems um, so far this year, he's not at the top of the list, but um, it's going to be one of the main reasons when we look back on this year as why Miami failed. I think Jay Cutler, um, he just, look, he's an older quarterback. He is what he is. Um, Everybody, when Miami signed him, everybody thought, you know, what are you doing? Which I didn't agree with that because what else were they supposed to do? There's really not a whole bunch of guys out there who are great. But um, he is what he is. And one other alternative is Matt Moore. Again, another guy, not great. Um, But we saw the real Jay Cutler today, and that's three interceptions in one half. And Yeah, so the three interceptions in one half really gave the points to the Bucs. After a missed field goal, it was 20-7 to at halftime. Uh, After one of the final plays of the first half, Jay Cutler – was supposedly uh, being looked at for a concussion. So he was in concussion protocol. He missed the rest of the game, and in comes Matt Moore. Now, you know, here on the podcast, obviously Mike is no love lost for Matt Moore. Um, but, you know, one of the one of the most amazing things that, that I kind of touched on on a tweet earlier is if Matt Moore comes in in relief, he is he is absolutely fantastic in relief. I think what we need to do. It's a spark. It's a spark. It is a spark. And I think the entire week, you let David Fales take all the first team reps, let let Matt Moore kind of take a couple second team reps, you know, understand the game plan. Don't let him practice and let him go out there and play because Matt Moore, uh, who might be the starting quarterback against the Patriots on Sunday, which let's put it, let's be real. We're going up to Foxborough. Patriots are, I mean, the spread on that game's got to be about 17 and a half right now. It's, it's going to get you own, And if you're in a fantasy football league and you own Rob Gronkowski, start him on all, by all accounts because Miami cannot, they cannot stop a tight end right now to save their life. So I expect him to go off next week and score about three touchdowns, Gronk, because Miami cannot stop a tight end to save their lives. They can't. And it looks like, you know, part of that issue looks like it's is uh, Kiko Alonso, who's struggling in coverage this year. Um, big time. Big time struggle. So with the, with the issues uh, happening now on defense, they did play very well in the second half. Let's, let's, be, let's be real. They were handed a bad situation in the first half with all those turnovers in their own territory. Yes, they're going to give up points, but only giving up 20 on four turnovers is not bad. It really no, is. Really, yeah, and that last touchdown Tampa Bay scored was sort of like a joke on the final play of the game. So technically the final score of this game really was – 23 to 20, which means after halftime, they held Tampa Bay to just one field goal. 
Um, and Tampa Bay as well. They did not run the ball a lick today. Martin, I think, averaged about two yards per two yards carry. Um, he did nothing. Yeah. So um, they were okay against the run. Um, against the pass, though, Tampa Bay just, like, ate Miami's lunch in the secondary. They could not stop Mike Evans. They could not stop O.J. Howard. They could not stop anybody in the passing game. And that was the issue. Again, no pass rush at all. Wake, silent. Branch, silent. Harris, silent. Nobody did anything from a pass rush perspective. So this is this is really where it frustrates me. Uh, before we really get into the second half and, and the comeback that, that was for not after Tampa Bay ended up winning the game, um, they got away from the run again. You know, and you mentioned Adam Gase uh, and... Uh, his play calling, Damian Williams bust out 69 yards on the on the second play from scrimmage, um, and you, you got away from it. They they got away from the run. They only had 19 total carries as a team today. Ten from Williams, seven from Drake, and two from the quarterbacks um, for 19 carries for 83 yards or 4.4 yards a carry. That is very respectable. But when you look at it. That's all inflated by a 69-yard run. That's right. Uh, you take away that one Williams. run, and they had one nothing. Run. So <laughs> yep. it was inflated, but you know, you get away from the from the game plan, which is really running the football. Get away from running it up the middle. Obviously, we know that it has not been working at all this year, but he continues to do it. And that run by Damian Williams was just a fantastic job on the on the offensive line. And kudos to Jesse Davis. He sprung yep. that hole uh, for Damian Williams, who really went untouched until about the uh, 20-yard line of Tampa Bay. So they gotta they got to find ways to continue to run the ball because when you become one-dimensional, they pin the ears back, they get after you, and, and it, turns, it turns into a problem. And, you know, the Dolphins' offensive line, granted, they have not given up a lot of sacks over the last few weeks. In this losing skid, they have done a good job in regards of keeping the quarterback upright and not taking sacks. But if you if you do that well at the same time, you gotta open up some running lanes. Kenyon Drake, who has been doing very well in, in the running game, was stymied. And again, you're running him up the middle. <laughs> yep, it makes it's, no sense. It's very frustrating. It makes no sense. He is a he is an outside the tackle runner. You got to get him the ball, whether it be a toss sweep, whether it be maybe a quick option. You got to find something there. Uh, yeah, and, there's. And... Yeah, just to chime in real quick, there's two things here. One, in today's game, in the first half, I thought the offensive line played their best half probably of the year. In the first half of this game, the offensive line was. I don't want to say great, but it was very good, let's just say. It was very, very good in the first half. Now, in the second half of the game, they totally fell apart. And they got called for more penalties, and I don't even know. I stopped. I mean, it was horrible. But in the first half of this game, they played very good. Um, the second part of the problem, again, is the running back issue. On that first long run by Williams, if Drake was in the game, they'd probably score a touchdown there. I mean, and as many of you know, who listen to the show every day, people think I hate Drake. I don't hate Drake. I like him as a player. I don't think he's a guy who should start. But we have no other options this year, and why he doesn't start and touch the ball more than Williams really does make no sense at this point. Um, on that one long run, um, Williams, he doesn't have that type of speed. 
Because if he had any type of speed, that's an easy touchdown. But we end up selling for a field goal. So Drake probably should have been on the field more. He probably should have touched the ball more. He had seven carries for a whopping four yards, which, you know, it's not good because you can't run him up the middle. He ain't going to move anybody. He's too small. You have to get him the ball in space on the edge outside. They refuse to do it. Um, yesterday on Sirius Radio, um, friend of the podcast, the Big O, he had a show on, and he had on Armando Salguero. He asked Armando flat, why are they not using Drake Moore? And Armando said, from people I talked to inside the Miami Dolphins, they say that if they hand him the ball more, they know he will get hurt, and they know he will break down. So that's why you get uh, a line from Drake of seven carries for four yards. Period. That's it. It's, it's not, I'm not saying it's the right answer, but that's their logic. And their logic clearly does not work. Because, look, again, Drake should not be a number one running back in the NFL. But when you're on a team with, between him and Williams, he should be the number one back. Period. If he, There's only seven games left and you're out of the playoffs. If he gets hurt, who cares? I mean, they ain't the end of the world at this point. You might as well see what you got with him. Yeah, I, I I agree, and you you know my sentiments about Kenny Drake I and how I that he should be used. Um, speaking you're not of wrong. no, yeah. for for once I'm not wrong with anything. <laughs> uh, but you know, Mike, at the end of the day, we start the second half with mysteriously Matt Moore coming into the game, and then you know Jay Cutler supposedly has a concussion. That let's let's call it what it is. It was a bench. He was benched, but they used the concussion so. thing to yep. to really hammer at home so we get backup extraordinaire matt moore coming into the game uh down 20 to 7 leads two field goal drives to to make it 20 to 13 after some missed opportunities uh driving the football um dolphins were in a quite a predicament uh with about three minutes to go and a very great play call from Adam Gase on this play, he rolled uh, Matt Moore out just a smidge, and he found uh, Kenny Stills just bust right through the zone coverage, wide open on a beautiful long ball to Kenny Stills, who had a fantastic game. This is why the Dolphins paid Kenny Stills. This is the game that shows why he deserved that money is because of what he did today. Um but that tied the game up at 20 to 20. The Dolphins needed a stop, just could not get it done. The zone, uh, the zone defense, the soft zone uh, was just eaten alive by the tight ends, as well as Mike Evans, who had uh, six catches for 95 yards today uh, against the Dolphins defense. It was just frustrating. You know, they fight and claw after all the BS, and we'll we'll dive into the penalties and. Be rest assured, I'm going to get into that forward progress. Oh, God, that was so, uh, that was so bad. Oh, oh, yes, it was bad, so we'll get into that also. Uh, but you can't blame anything other than them. They can't blame anything other than themselves. Even if that was a safety, um, they have to blame themselves. They they stupid penalties at all the wrong times and negated some nice plays. Uh, I believe one of them was a 46, 47-yard reception to Jarvis Landry negated by a holding call. And, and Jermon Bushrod had a horrible game today. Uh, Laramie Tunsil did not play well today in regards of you know keeping his head on straight. He didn't give up a sack, uh, but he, did, he had some very bad penalties against him as well. 
it was just an awful game. Either way, the Dolphins fall to the Buccaneers 30-20, to dropping the Dolphins' record to 4-6. and six. So enough torture about this, uh, the final outcome of the game, but we're going to dive into why this happened. This was an absolute must game for the Miami Dolphins. They had to win this game to stay in remotely any shot of sniffing the playoffs in a very wide open and tight AFC where the six seeded team is at five and five. So yeah, okay, cool. We're one game out, but the schedule from here on out gets a lot tougher for the Dolphins. Two games against the New England Patriots, a game against the Broncos, a game against the Chiefs, and two against the Buffalo Bills. We'll call it what it is. I believe, you know, I, I had my hopes up. I believe that the team still had a chance. And after watching just undisciplined football this week and last week, the writing's on the wall. This season this season is definitely going to end in the, in the wrong direction uh, in regards to the win-loss record, negating everything positive from last year uh, that – really seemed to put the Dolphins in a good direction. Even when Tannehill went down, they, you know, I still believe that the team still would perform well um, with the upgrades. And then, of course, the injuries, the hurricane, coach uh, really wanting his hooker back. Uh, I mean, <laughs> just so many things have piled on top of this team. And, all, of course, Ray Malaluga being arrested prior to the game yesterday and getting released. 40 bucks. 40 bucks. $40 tab, folks. Pay your bill. All you had to tip do your waitress. Pay it. Tip your waitress. Pay your tab. Um, so all the adversity and everything going wrong with this football team, they're still, they were still in the hunt to, to make the postseason, but now dropping four straight, two of them in just awful fashion, and then you play the Raiders well. Uh, and, and this game against the Buccaneers, they were handing the Dolphins the football game. They just could not put this team away. Um, Let me just say and, one thing real and quick. And they lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they came into this game, and if you look this year at the AFC, it is an utter mess. The AFC, aside from, like, Pittsburgh, the Chiefs, and the Patriots, is a disaster. So even Miami, who came in this game at 4-5, and five, like, they're done. Yes, Probably. But if you look at their schedule, they face today Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is no great quarterback. Then they play in two weeks, they got the Broncos, and they play Brock Osweiler. And if he's not the quarterback, it's going to be somebody worse, okay? And then they get two games against the Bills, who you could have been possibly be facing Nate Peterman twice. If you don't know, Nate Peterman, a fifth-round pick out of Pittsburgh, Today, he got the start because their head coach is an utter moron in Buffalo. He threw four interceptions in the first half, okay? He completed more passes to San Diego than his own team. It was embarrassing. So there was actually a pass, let's just say, against just because they were going to face bad quarterbacks to get to eight wins. And I mean, it, I'm not saying it was likely, but there was a realistic path. With this loss today, it ain't going to happen. But it's there because if they faced the Bills with Nate Peterman twice, they're not going to lose those games because he was that bad. And then you get the Broncos at home. Their offense is nothing special. I mean, I'm not saying it was realistic, but there was a path that was there, and this team cannot stop anybody right now. Um, I don't know if it's Matt Burke. I don't know if it's the players just aren't – I mean – 
I don't know what it is, but something's wrong on that side of the ball. I, if you if you want a good answer, they're on the field way too much. Well, there's that too. Yeah, they're 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 absolutely gassed. This team has not had a bye week, uh, as we all know, and I think this is starting to get to them. I think the yep. the losses piling up, the thing, the adversity is continuing to happen. I think it, it this team is just mentally drained and and it's it's done. I think this I think they're broken at this point. I think that the Dolphins need to make some changes. Uh, it's too early to really dive into where the changes are going to be coming and how they're going to do it. Uh, but mind you, if uh, if I get a little bored next week watching the Patriots probably smack us around, uh, I might start some articles regarding what the Dolphins might do. Um, but I don't think Adam Gase has not lost this team. And I think one of the big things with, with Gase and as bad as it's been this year and as frustrating it has been, the team does not quit on him. They really don't. Um, no. it, it showed today with through all the adversity, they came out and continue to fight. Um, they, they put up an awful fight against the, uh, the Panthers and the, and the Ravens. Um, but they're, they're not giving up. If the, if the game is close, they're, they're fighting, they're competing, they're trying to win their battles. Gase is not a problem. And I had someone on Twitter not too long ago when we started the podcast, reach out and say, do you think, uh, Steven Ross moves on to a new head coach? And that is 0.00000% chance that Adam Gase is not the coach of this team next year. I with everything that's happened and everything going on with this team when it comes to his, you know, the, the hurricanes, uh, not the team, obviously, because uh, they're doing really well. Um, Gase, Gase gets another year, and I think he gets another year after that. I think this team will rebound next year, depending on the changes that will happen, um, which obviously, again, is too early to really decide what's, where this team is going to go, what direction, but I agree. He's not, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He's not going anywhere, but I will throw this in. It's a, but have you heard my Peyton Manning theory? No, no. Bring him in as offensive coordinator. No, Peyton Manning is house shopping in Cleveland. and And the strong rumor is he will take over the Browns, um, sort of in a John Elway type of role this off season. He will be the man in charge. They're going to clean house and he's going to run the show in Cleveland. They're going to hand him total power. And we all know Peyton Manning loves Adam Gase and Adam Gase loves Peyton Manning. And if you're Peyton Manning, your, your first move is to pick a head coach. You can trust one, you know, one you love. If you're the dolphins and Peyton Manning and the Browns who have draft picks coming out the yin yang, if they offered you say a pick and round, say a pick and round, three and two or something like that, you know, like a, either they're late pick around one or picking around two, whatever. And they say, we want Adam Gase from you and we'll give you X amount of picks and we'll give you this pick and that pick. Would you consider it? Uh, well, it's, that's a good question. I say, yeah, uh, you, you have to consider so? it. You have, you to. have to consider it. You don't have to do it. Exactly. You but you have to consider too. it. You can't say no off the bat. Say, because they have two picks in round one, two picks in round two, two picks in round three, and two picks in round four of the Browns. They got a lot of picks, okay? They got a ton of picks. 
Say they offered you their second pick in round one, the one that's going to come a little later, the one that's owned by Houston, and a pick in round three, let's just say. I mean, that might be tough to say no to. I love Adam Gase as much as the next guy, and I'm just saying that might be tough to say no to. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'll I'll kind of throw the shoe on the other foot here and, and say, how did that work out for the – Raiders trading John Gruden to oh, the Bucs. Oh, I agree. There, look, they there's lost no guarantee it will work out. Yeah, there's no guarantee it'll work out, and then you got to go find someone else to coach your team, which is a whole other ball game. I'm just saying, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. That's all. And look, there's this is not being reported anywhere. I'm just saying Peyton Manning's first move, if he takes over the Browns, which from all reports, he's already house shopping out there. Why is he house shopping in Ohio? It makes no sense unless you're taking over the Browns. So, um, if he wants to live if, close to Canton. Yeah, you know what? That might be it. But um, if he takes over, he's got to hire a head coach. We know he loves Adam Gase. And I'm just saying, um, I wouldn't be shocked if they made an inquiry. And if you're the Dolphins, you know, all depending on what they're offering, you know, I mean, it might not be the worst thing in the world. That's well, all I'm saying. Well, I think I think it's too early really to, to yeah, dive into that. But, and we don't really yeah, want yeah, to talk about Manning the Browns very yeah. much. But, you know, <laughs> if I'm Peyton Manning also, I mean, there's another coach that, quote, is retiring that you could probably bring in. Bruce Arians may not be an awful phone call either for the Browns yeah. if Manning ends up taking that role. But if I'm Adam Gase, I'm talking, I'm calling Peyton Manning and say, Hey, do you want to coach my quarterbacks? <laughs> do you want to call plays? Yeah. I'll get rid of Clyde Christensen. Come on in. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, I think that'd be great. You know, Peyton Manning has been around the team uh, quite a bit, um, especially in the, in this past off season, he was with Ryan Tannehill quite often going through the offense. Uh, obviously before he got hurt. Uh, so it, it's, there's a lot of things there. I, I firmly believe Gase will not be going anywhere, regardless if a trade comes across the I table. Agree unless, as it's well. for, if, unless it's coming across for two first round picks, then you really got to pay attention. Um, Even a first but, and a second would be a lot. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think Gase yeah. has back. some unfinished business. And, and, you know, this year being such a, a crazy season, I think that uh, you just hit the reset button on, the, on 2017 and look forward to 2018. You get your quarterback back. Uh, you may end up with a high draft pick. You're going to make some moves. You're going to get some more of your guys in there. Uh, they really got to change the the system. This wide nine defense is, has not been good for the last two years. Um, they got to move on from that wide nine. They got to get back to some more some more basic systems. And you know, for all of you know, the praises that I had for Matt Burke at the beginning of the season and how the defense was playing teams are getting what he's throwing at them. And the wide nine does not work. And the zone's not, not working work. either. And the zone's not working man. either. They were at their best playing man on man. Yep. Man to man coverage. They were at their best. So you can sprinkle your zones in depending on the, on the down and distance, you know, you got a third and 15, third and 20. Yeah, sure. You know, make sure you're playing your zones. Make sure you're playing close to the to the sticks and make those tackles. But you gotta, you really have to, you know, dial it back up. And and for the love of God, get Charles Harris on the field more. <laughs> He's got to be on the field, and and someone else who has to be on the field more 
which I'm kind of shocked because he was on the field today for very little. But the times he was on there, he was moving quick. He, well, it was fast, and he was um, picking up some ground, and that was linebacker Stephon Anthony, who after probably the first 10 minutes of the game, I don't think we saw the rest of the game, but he had a stop, I think, on third down where um, he forced Tampa to punt. And um, we have a mess at linebacker right now. I mean, it's getting worse as the year goes on. Lawrence Timmons is playing less and less. Kiko Alonso's getting beat a lot. And Stephon Anthony had fresh legs, as he should, because he hasn't done anything this year. And it showed. And just in the brief bit we saw him today, I'm like, how come this guy's not on the field more? I mean, he's got fresh legs. He's got some speed. He can pick up ground. We have two guys who are a little bit older right now who are clearly slowing down. Um, just one of those things that makes you scratch your head. We gave up a fifth-round pick for him, and the little bit we saw today wasn't bad. So I hope we see more of him as the year goes on just to find out what we have with him because what we yep. saw today wasn't awful. So just one of those things that makes you go, how come he's not out there more? Yep, I agree. Uh, so let's di- let's dive into it. 17 penalties for 123 yards. Where, where is this going wrong? Why has this team become so undisciplined? Especially after last year, they they averaged only I believe it was like seven or seven penalties a game last year. They were one of the least penalized teams in the NFL. Now are one of the most. What do you think is going on there? I don't know, but I would say about five of those calls at least were egregious just crap. So egregious. You can take five off the top and not even count them. The touchdown we scored with Fasano, that's a touchdown in this league, okay? I don't know what – first off, they when they announced the penalty, it was announced on the wrong guy. So they don't even know what they're looking at, the refs, on that one. And, that's not, and that was a touchdown there, clearly. The safety, we can talk about that some more. That, that one blows my mind. His forward progress was stopped by his own player, by his own teammate. That makes no sense to me at all. That should have been a safety. Right there, what, 7-2, dip, nine points right there. Um, well, not nine, because I think we kicked a field goal on the air draft. But you know what I mean. So those two are crap. The ones on the offensive line seem pretty much legit. And I think that just goes back to the offensive line problems, really. Um, whatever. I mean, look, we know the offensive line's a mess. Most of those calls seem legit. But there was some really, really bad ones. The Alonzo one, we're on third down. Fitzpatrick scrambled, and he slid. And they got Alonzo for hitting him in the head. Um, pretty much just like the play against Flacco, but just less violent. That one, I can see why they called it, but really, I mean, he barely touched him. I mean, he didn't hit him that hard, really. And he did sort of slow up and stop. And that would have saved us some points there because they probably would have kicked. And they get a touchdown instead. The referees in this game, I don't know. I mean, look, this is a larger scale problem in the way across the whole league, which we're not going to talk in. Um, talk about tonight because we'd be here all night. But these refs have thrown themselves into the game, and they think they're the show. And part of it is there's too many damn rules in football these days, and these refs are calling everything because there's too many rules. Forward progress, ball's got to be – that's a safety. Any way you look at that play, that's a safety. But these refs are, oh, we've got the forward progress or stop and the, and the, and the toll ball – Puts that out of the end zone, but it, I mean, it's, it drives you nuts. It's, got, it's football at the end of the day. Cut back on these rules, and that's part of the problem. The other part, what happened with Miami, honestly, I look, 
a lot of those calls were on the offensive line, and we know the offensive line's not very good. So I just think it's one of those things. Uh, and there's, like I said, there's probably about five or six of those calls that were just utter crap. Yes. So the forward progress piece is in relation to the to the dead to the dead ball rule, right? Yep. So if his forward progress was stopped, then the play would be technically blown dead, or you know they give him the line to gain where he was stopped. Yeah. So as you mentioned, the problem is he ran into his own guy, and then he continued to move. Into backwards. the end zone after he was hit, so he went backwards. So there was no forward progress. So I'm look. I actually looked it up after the call was made. Uh, I looked it up, and in Rule Seven, in Section Two, regarding dead ball, here are A and B. These are the two I'm going to read you guys. So officials shall declare the ball dead, or obviously forward progress. When a runner is contacted by a defensive player and touches the ground with any part of the body, hands, or feet, the ball is dead the instant the runner touches the ground. He was in the end zone. He's down in the end zone. Ball was also in the end zone. (laughs) Uh, B, when a runner is held or otherwise restrained so that the forward progress ends, he hit his lineman and he moved backwards. Forward progress is like Damian Williams on fourth and one. Forward progress means he's stuck behind the line of scrimmage. He can't go anywhere. It's a standstill. They blow the whistle. The play is dead. Which, by the way, that looked more like a first down when you look at the side angle. So for the refs to miss that, and mind you, that was a tremendous call. And then I went to replay, and the people in New York missed it too. I mean, look, I don't know what these guys look at. There's so many rules and subsectional rules. They've made the game too complicated. That's a safety. You run into your own player, you move backward. Your forward progress wasn't stopped. You just ran into your own player like a moron. That's all it is. It's a, it's it, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling how the the phantom pass interference on the touchdown to Fasano that only gave us a field goal at that point. You know that touchdown stands. Where's right this game, game going? Yep. Where's the game? Where's that game going? You know the the score would be twenty to seventeen at that point, and then the entire dynamic of the game changes. But now you're sitting, still sitting there twenty to thirteen, and the Dolphins have to score a touchdown, which thankfully they did with a great play by Kenny Stills and Matt Moore. Um, so you can't blame the refs for the full failure of this game today, but. I'm going to put about 20% of the blame on egregious calls against the Dolphins and just awful officiating. And if I, if I'm going to say this as calmly as possible, if at any point the league decides after they look at the play over and over again and decides that should have been a safety, I may break things. Yeah, don't write the. Le- and what they always do is they look at the tape of every game every week, and for all the mistakes, they write each team a letter, and they say, I'm sorry. You know what? Save your damn letter. Nobody needs it. Um, nobody wants to read it. You're screwed up in the moment. Send them, um, sending them a note after the game is pointless. Just these referees, and there's some crews that are good. There's some crews that are good. But the ones today that and don't even ask me, they felt the need to inject themselves into this game to a point where they were throwing so many flags, it is impossible to watch. 
And if the, the NFL knows why, if they ever want to find out why their ratings are down, um, this is a big part of it. Nobody pays to watch a referee stop a game every other play and call a penalty. They just don't. Um, if it's a legit penalty, I get it. It's fine. Some of these penalties were really ticky-tack. I mean, really ticky-tack. And when you've already thrown 15 against one team, let's say, and you see when you go, you know what, that's really not the worst thing in the world. Let's get this. Let's get the game over with, too. Nobody wants to sit there in a stadium for four hours while referees are running down rules and penalties. And it's like when you watch a game these days, every time there's a play, you can't even enjoy the play. The first thing you do is, are there any flags? Are there any flags? Because that's what the league has turned into. And today was a prime example of that. I mean, 17 penalties. Are you kidding me? You could call a penalty on every play if you wanted to. That doesn't mean you have to. I mean, some of them were just phantom calls. Absolutely awful. So we move on. Let's talk about next week. We're going to talk about uh, we're we're going to talk about it all week. But what are your thoughts on the on the game next week in Foxborough against the Patriots? This is a game where look, we're not going to win. I mean, let's just let's just say that up there. We're not going to win. Okay, New England's putting up. A ton of points every week, and we are a mess on defense at this point. So the odds of us even slowing them down, it ain't going to happen. What? But this is a game where you need someone like Jay Ajay to help you win because it's going to be up north, and you, like me, are up north, and we're going to get hit with snow all week. So come Sunday in Foxborough, maybe if there's no snow, it's going to be really, really cold. It might be some rain and some ice. It's one of those games where you have to sort of grind it out and you need a running game because passing the ball in that type of weather um, just is not something that's going to be easy to do. And with Drake and Williams, two guys who are not built to run between the tackles, um, it's going to be a major struggle. Look, this is a game where they're really going to miss Jay Ajay. And I keep And I keep reading and hearing not just fans, people in the media say, well, since they've moved on from Ajay, the playbook's open. They're doing this. They're doing that. I want to say, what are they watching? Okay, Williams had one long run today. Drake had one long run last week, and Drake had one long run the week before. Aside from three long runs, which, let's be honest, I'm not saying they're a fluke because they count. Kind of fluky, though, when they're that long. Um, the running backs have done nothing on the ground. Nothing, for the most part. And this is a type of game where... Um, it might not be ideal weather conditions. You sort of want to run the ball, pound the ball, and control the clock. And we're not built for that. <laughs> and we're going to be trying out either Matt Moore or Jay Cutler. Um, option A is bad. Option B is just as bad. So it doesn't really matter who starts, I guess. And I think it might be ugly. <laughs> um, I'm prepared for it. I'm not going to let it ruin my weekend. <laughs> but um, I think it's going to be real ugly. And uh, we'll just see how it goes. Hopefully they can slow down the Patriots so so they can keep them under, I would say, 42 points maybe. Because <laughs> um, right now they can't stop anybody on defense. And you got Tom Brady and company, even with all the guys that they have out, um, they're clicking on offense right now at a very high level. So we'll see. They are. All right, so I'm, I'm going to steal a movie quote for my prediction. Go for it. Prediction? Yes, prediction. Thank you, Clover Lane. 
Thank you, Clubber Lang. Yes, yeah, it Clubber. is going to be. It is going to be awful uh, next week. I don't. I do not see good things coming from this game against the Patriots. Um, nothing short of Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams walking through that door uh, to handle the the Wildcat in Foxborough this week. Um, it's going to be nothing short of a miracle. You know, the the Dolphins are going to come into this game minimum two touchdown dogs to the Patriots. Um, and, and I, I just, I can't see this team clawing back. They almost did last year, you know, late interception by Tannehill in the end zone ended the game, but they clawed their way back last year. They don't have it this year. They, they just do not have it, so to speak, to, to get the job done in new England. So, you know, we'll be looking at four and seven, uh, coming back home, uh, it's just one, one after another, man. It's, it's just, it's torture and it's just, it's, it's going to suck. It's going to suck next week yep. for sure. It's going to suck. And, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be bad. And one thing I want to touch on is the pass rush. We look, this team is built on the pass rush. Uh, we spend a lot of money on our defensive line more than most teams. Sue makes a ton, and he's not the problem. He's playing great, actually. But guys like Andre Branch and Cameron Wake, they're just not getting the job done at the end of the day. They're just not – I mean, they're just not getting the job done. Someone like Wake – look, we all love Cameron Wake. If you're a Miami Dolphins fan and have been following this team for years, you love Cameron Wake. Cameron Wake has been amazing. But we also have to be honest here and say Cameron Wake's not the same guy he was last year. He's not the same guy he was the year before that. And the age has caught up with him, I think. Uh, it might be a little bit related to scheme. I'm sure it is. But there's also the other factor is, you know, he is 36 years old. And, um, you know, he might have just hit that wall. It might be over for him. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. And watch him now go out next week and sack him like three times, Brady. But um, he hasn't played well this year. He's been invisible in most games. Um, he was invisible today. And it's not like Tampa Bay's got a great offensive line, and Ryan Fitzpatrick's not a guy who's going to run away from you much. And he did nothing today, once again. So, And that's one of those things we'll be talking about as the week goes on, of who will be here next year, who should be here next year, what do we do. Cam Wake, that is going to be a painful one for fans. I know a lot of fans, they don't like to lose their favorites. And Cam Wake is a favorite of many Dolphins fans. But... um. I think if they let him go, they save around $8 million in cap space. I might be wrong, but um, it's somewhere around there. And um, that is going to be a conversation for the offseason that uh, it's something that we're going to have to talk about a lot because uh, I'm not sure if he's worth it at this point, and it might just be time to move on. But Wake this year has done nothing. Branch, we clearly overpaid for him. He he was good last year, but you also have to remember he was a, in a contract year, so he's really motivated. Now he gets paid, and he reverts back to the guy he was in Jacksonville which was just a marginal defensive end, not good there. No, and, you know, like like you said, we'll dive into that as we go. And yep. uh, my big my big thing every year is, is the draft. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by some of the prospects that are coming out this year, uh, as I am every year. But this year seems a little different, especially the way that the season's gone. Uh, you know, potentially a top 10 pick. Could be in the in the Dolphins' future. If not, I mean, they're going to be picking from. 15, they're going to be picking from twelve down. Uh, just the way this season might pan out. The the biggest question marks 
um, will get answered. But, you know, the team really has to uh, go out there and fight, finish strong. Everyone's playing for a job at this point because uh, no one is safe uh, with Adam Gase as the head coach. So, uh, there, like you said, there's going to be a lot of changes. We'll dive into that as the as We'll dive into progress. it. Uh, I think but, the two main guys to watch, because I think a lot of the guys you know are going to be back will be back. They're not going to do anything with Sue, maybe just redo his deal. They're not going to do anything with someone like Rashad Jones or anything. The two guys to watch are obviously it's going to be Wake just because of his popularity. Um, not even so much anymore because of his play. But, look, if they do not retain Jarvis Landry, there should be riots in the street of South Florida. I will say it now. I know um, there are times I, even myself, I go back and forth. Well, maybe he's not. You know, that performance he put on today was brilliant, okay? Because he seemed like he was the only one out there at times who actually cared, which is a big deal. And I will give you a um, a sneak peek on my show tomorrow afternoon, which I will record, which will be up tomorrow afternoon. Devontae Parker, if you're a fan of his, um, maybe don't listen, because I'm not going to say very nice things about Devontae Parker. He has uh, gotten on my last nerve, so... Tomorrow afternoon show of mine that I do by myself, get ready because I'm about to unload on Devontae Parker, and I pretty much have seen enough out of him. And he's one guy who, um, if he isn't back next year, I will not shed a tear. Well, there's there's a lot to be said there. And, um, you know, we've talked about the wide receiver position quite often. You know, Kenny Stills, he's he's not going anywhere. I think he's, nope. he's proven his worth to this offense and the team. Uh, and I – you know what? Do, what do we do with Parker at this point? I mean, he's still in his rookie contract. Can you get a pick for him? Can you get a third, fourth, fifth round pick for the guy? You probably uh, could get a third, fourth, and... or, or if it's um, say it's the night of the draft and you're picking eighth and you want to go up to number three, throw him in the deal. That that's what I would do. If you're picking eighth or ninth and the guy you want sitting there at number three, I would say I'll give you my pick at eight and you can take Parker on his rookie deal. You got him for a couple of years. Have at him. I mean, he he. First off, he never plays. He's always hurt. It's always something. He's just one of those guys who's just always hurt. And then when he does play like today, the ball literally hits him in the hands and a, a, goes right off his hands into a Tampa Bay defender's. I mean, what does he add? And every year, every summer, this is the year for Parker. He changes it. This is the year for Parker, and it never amounts to anything. At some point, you just got to realize um, it's not working, and time to move on. So, oh, all right, that'll that'll wrap it up. I'm uh, sorry for such a somber podcast. <laughs> On a positive note, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> yeah, everyone out there, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, be sure to check out the website uh, every day, DolphinsTalk.com. We'll have uh, news and articles posting daily. Uh, we, of course, have Mike's show, DolphinsTalk.com daily, uh, where he will be diving in tomorrow to Devontae Parker, as he already let the cat <laughs> out of the bag. Uh, but I know, got more check to that. work. <laughs> yeah. Check check that out. Make sure you listen in. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Uh, again, the Dolphins fall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, thirty to twenty, dropping to four and six with the Patriots on deck. Um, so interesting week. But listen, this is a week to spend time with your families. Enjoy the turkey, the stuffing, the mashed potatoes, and don't focus on the Miami Dolphins at the moment. Soak up the time with the family, and we'll get back into the game next Sunday. Uh, We'll be talking again. 
probably about a loss, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how things pan out. Stranger things have happened in the NFL. Hey. This may not be one of them, but hey, stranger things it must happen. Not be one of them, but we'll. Hey, you never know. And and even if they lose, there'll be something worth talking about that'll be interesting um, to see where the team is headed as we move forward. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you for listening. I am Tom. Thank you again, Mike, for joining me. And we are out. Fins up. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast. Be sure to visit DolphinsTalk.com every day for all of your latest Miami Dolphins news.